Sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Daily Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and this morning's show is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about the day that was in the sports world, including our athlete of the day. We talk about the games coming up today and what bets we like with our competitive hedge lay of the day. It is our three-team parlay that we do every day on this show. And you can bet these straight up or you can bet them as the parlay. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet99. Bet99 offers you a sports welcome offer when you join today using the promo code SHOOTERS. Bet99 will match your deposit 100% up to $600. So head over to Bet99 today. Use that promo code when you sign up. Use the bets from today's show as well. And if you follow our social media accounts, you will find our fan lays and other plays that we like. So let's talk about that athlete shout out of the day. And it's got to go to Jason Tatum after his performance last night in game six, home game. And he showed up in a mass or sorry, road game for game six. And he showed up in a massive way for the Boston Celtics. They knew that they needed that game in order to extend the series. And he had 46, nine and four in that game. He showed up like a true superstar would, and so he deserves our athlete shout out of the day for that incredible performance last night in Game 6 in Milwaukee. So let's talk about yesterday's bets. One of the tougher days that we've had in a while when it comes to the betting side of things. Um, We had the Vegas Aces under in that game, missed by two points. Uh, Unfortunately, we gave our Aces a little bit too much credit. They dropped 97 points last night, and so... Uh, Their great offensive night ruined our bet. Then we had Stars and Flames under five and a half. They've gone under in four of the five games in the series, and they went over last night, four to two final. So we miss out on that one. We miss on the Mets run line because the Mets lost outright with Max Scherzer on the mound. We really weren't expecting that one yesterday. So a tough day as far as the regular plays go. We did get the Marlins plus one and a half hit. That's our outlay play that we always throw out there. So they did hit at plus one and a half. They lost two to one yesterday, so just squeaked it in. And our player prop line of Giannis, over 33 and a half points. That one hit as well with his great performance in game six last night as well. So two and three day, we're looking to bounce back. We've still had a great month so far. We're up uh, a dozen units overall on the show. So let's have a great day today, a great Saturday, and let's cash some bets. But before we get into the betting side of things, let's talk about that daily news dump with the Celtics and Bucks game last night. We want to start by saying prayers to everyone involved uh, with the shooting last night that occurred outside of the game. We hope that everyone's okay. There was reports of over a dozen people that were shot last night. No one should feel unsafe going to a sporting event like that. And so it's really unfortunate to see something like that. And we're hoping that everyone's okay. But let's get into the game side of things. The Celtics. 
They dominated. They want. They had ten more threes than Milwaukee last night. When you're losing a three point battle, seventeen to seven, you're going to be in tough. And we talked about Jason Tatum's special night from him with forty six nine and four. Marcus Smart gave them twenty one. Jalen Brown gave them twenty two. Overall, a great team effort as well. They needed that game, and now this is why you fight for home court. You get to go home and hopefully win the series on your own court in the Garden. And then on the Milwaukee side of things, Giannis didn't get a lot of help last night. Uh, Drew finished with 17-4. and Connaughton had 14-4. and But other than that, a lot of guys really didn't show up in a game that they probably needed. You need to win that home game. You don't want to go back to their building to try and win game seven. But Giannis with 44-20-6, he had a great night for the Bucs. And so we're going to get a game seven in the NBA. I think this is where we all thought this series was going. It was going to be a seven gamer. Might have been a little bit different with Chris Middleton, but nonetheless, injuries happen, and we're going to have a great game seven between the Bucks and Celtics tomorrow. Warriors and Grizzlies last night. Warriors were minus eight, and they did go under 217 and a half, but the Warriors won 110 to 96. We knew that they were going to be in tough once John Morant went down, and unfortunately, they just they just didn't have enough. Uh, the Golden State won the fourth quarter, thirty-two to nineteen. So they really dominated in that final period. Clay had thirty and eight. Steph had twenty-nine, seven and five. Neither of them were great shooting percentages, but nonetheless, they had a team effort. They also had Draymond with a double double. Kevon Looney with twenty-two rebounds last night. He played his role really well for this Golden State team. And then Andrew Wiggins has 18 and 11 as well. So all-out team effort. Unfortunately, Memphis role players just couldn't do enough. Dylan Brooks had 30 points, but it took him 28 shots. Every time he touched the ball, he was putting shots up. Desmond Bain had 25 and 7. He had a more efficient shooting shooting night with 9 of 16 from the field. Jaron Jackson Jr., the guy that's supposed to be their second option, he had just 12 points. So Memphis heads home. Golden State moves on into the conference finals in the West. So overall, just a really fun night. We got Blue Collar Media Group logos in the chat as well. Uh, Thanks for tuning into the show. So let's talk NHL playoffs. These playoffs have been phenomenal for hockey. And we now know that there's going to be five game sevens, three of them coming up today. But we got to talk about last night's games Starting with Florida and Washington, Florida was heavy favorites coming into this series. They were minus 180 once again last night, and they win 4-3 to in overtime. But Sergei Bobrovsky had a great game for them. He had made 34 saves. They got Barkov on the board, Giroux on the board, Dowd on the board to get them to that overtime session. And then probably an unsung hero for them this playoffs for Hakey. He scores the overtime winner, and so that was massive for the Panthers. Washington heads home, unfortunately. Samsonov with 27 saves. He played well. They were doing that dual goalie setup where Samsonov would go and then Vanessa would go. They need to figure out who their starter is moving forward. But uh, goals from Backstrom and Oshie on the other side were big. Uh, but the monkey's off the back for the Florida Panthers. This is their first series win since 1996. And they were the best team in the NHL this year in the regular season. So that is huge for them to get that monkey off their back. Now they will await the winner, I believe, of Tampa and Toronto to see who they're going to battle in the East semifinals. But Washington, they're a veteran team. We'll see if they're back or if this is maybe one of their last runs. They are getting up there in age. 
So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. The Rangers and the Penguins. Rangers win 5-3. to three And I don't want to say that an injury changed the series, but it truly feels like that's what happened when Sidney Crosby went down. Uh, they were winning that game in Game 5. Crosby goes down. Rangers come back and win. Rangers win this one as well. But it didn't look great early on. We saw Pittsburgh go up two to nothing at the end of the first. Shesterkin didn't look great, but the, neither of those goals do we really expect him to save. So tough to not give him credit for how he played. He finished with 31 saves, though, and the Rangers got two from Zabinijad, two from Kreider, and one from Andrew Kopp. So they score five. Penguins finish at three. Domingue made 33 saves, and they got goals from Carter, Malkin, and Rust. This is going to be fun. A fun game seven in New York. Can the Penguins figure out a way to rally without their leader? Or are we going to see the Rangers come from behind three to one to move on? We're rooting for the Rangers here at Competitive Hedge, mostly because we have that Rangers future bet that we talked about. We already had the Blues in the West advance. Let's hope that the Rangers in the East advance as well. Then you've got Calgary minus 165 taking on Dallas at plus 140. But Dallas wins outright four to two. This series is going seven as well. We were on the under five and a half yesterday. They just barely went over. But two great goalie performances once again. Jake Ottinger makes 36 saves. And then you had Rince, Raffle, Heiskinen, and Sagan all score goals. That Sagan empty netter really killed that bet for us. But Calgary finished with just two. Markstrom made 36 saves. He had a good performance. And then Stone and Backlund added goals for the Flames. Story of the game, the Stars won two-thirds of the face-offs. They were 44-21 to 21 in favor of the Dallas Stars. So now we head back to Calgary tomorrow for Game 7. Really looking forward to a Canadian team in a Game 7. All three Canadian teams in Game 7s now, which is awesome to see. Then you had MLB lines from yesterday. We'll do our quick run-through as we do every day on those. We'll get more in-depth into baseball once we get into late June, early July. But Reds beat the Pirates 4-2. Brewers beat the Marlins 2-1. Cash that Marlins plus 1.5, though. Astros 6-1 versus the Nationals. Mariners 2-1 versus the Mets. The Tigers beat the Orioles 4-2. The Rays beat the Jays 5-2. Padres beat the Braves 11-6. Red Sox beat the Rangers 7-1. Twins beat the Guardians 12-8. Yankees beat the White Sox 10-4. Giants beat the Cardinals 8-2. Royals beat the Rockies 14-10. Angels beat the A's 2-0. Diamondbacks beat the Cubs 4-3. And in an absolute shootout late last night, Phillies beat the Dodgers in 10, 12-10. So that's been a really fun uh, little series to watch between the Phillies and Dodgers. Might be a part of our bets later on. We'll have to wait and see. And then WNBA action, the Dallas beat the Mystics 94 to 86. Arik Obungawale, she had 27, 4 and 4, great performance. Alicia Gray finished with 21. And then on the Washington side, you had Elena Della Don finished with 25 and 4, and Ariel Atkins with 19, 4 and 4. Indiana beats New York in overtime 92 to 86. Kelsey Mitchell with 24 points, Victoria Vivians with 20, and Nalissa Smith with a big double-double of 12 and 17. On the New York side, Sabrina Ionescu, another great performance by her, 31 and 7 with four steals as well. Unfortunately, she just didn't get enough help from the, less, from the rest of that Liberty team. 
And then the Vegas Aces, my Vegas Aces, blew out the Atlanta Dream 96-73. to They didn't go under, but they got the win. Aja Wilson with 15-7. and Kelsey Plum had 14-11. and And four other players for the Aces had double-digit points. On the Atlanta side, Ari McDonald had 20. And then Rin Howard, the number one pick, with 13-4-2. Still a young and up-and-coming team, that Atlanta Dream team is. But a fun team to watch nonetheless. So let's get into the big games on the slate today. FA Cup final today in the EPL side of things between Chelsea and Liverpool. Liverpool are going for the quadruple still. Chelsea, this would be their trophy of the year. They did win the FIFA Club World Cup, but they're obviously hopeful to win the FA Cup this year. I'm looking forward to this game, hoping to catch the second half of it once we're done here. But definitely, you got to tune into the FA Cup final, see if Liverpool can win another trophy or if Chelsea will steal this one. AT&T, Byron Nelson uh, on the PGA side of things. Sebastian Munier is still in the lead, but he's now joined by Palmer and Skins at minus 15. A few more guys at minus 14 and minus 13. And then just three back, you've got Jordan Spieth and Joachim Nimian. These are some great players that are playing this week at AT&T, Byron Nelson, getting ready for that PGA Championship next week. So we'll be keeping an eye on that event throughout the day. WNBA tonight, we've got Phoenix and Seattle. Phoenix are one and one. The Storm are one and two. You got Diana Taurasi on the Phoenix side, taking on Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird for Seattle. Tough start to the year for Seattle, but good bounce back spot for them tonight. Not even tonight, it's this afternoon at home. And then you got the Sparks there, 2-1. and one. They're taking on the Connecticut Sun, who are 0-1. Liz Cambage, the former Aces center, she's going for the Sparks. And then Alyssa Thomas going for the Sun. And then the Chicago Sky take on the Minnesota Lynx. The Lynx have been the worst team so far this year. They're led by Sylvia Fowles. And then on the Chicago side, you've got Candace Parker going 1-1 one one Chicago Sky. Now, the games to truly watch today has to be the NHL playoffs. Because we have three game sevens tonight, starting with Carolina and Boston. The home team has won all six games. We've documented that throughout this series. Swayman's got to show up in a big way for Boston because Rant has been great at home. I think he's only given up four or five goals in the three games at home. And the only way to get to him is that top line has to get going if you're Boston. You got Pasternak, you got Bergeron, you got Marchand. Those guys have to produce in a game like this or get guys like Charlie Coyle or or Taylor Hall on the board. They need to get going early on, get Taranta and silence that crowd because Carolina is one of the toughest places to play in this playoffs. And as I said, Ranta's been great at home. Can they get some production from Ajo or Nierreiter or Teravainen? So many good guys on this group for Carolina. We'll see if they can win game seven at home to advance. Toronto and Tampa Bay, this is the one that I'm watching. This is my game of the night because <laughs> I want to see if Toronto is going to blow another game seven. And as a Canadian, you, you're always hopeful that teams will advance. Unless, of course, you're me and it's Toronto. I just can't stand the Leafs. I'd love nothing more than to see them lose tonight to the back-to-back cup champs. But Vasilevsky's going for Tampa. Toronto's got Campbell going. I think every Leafs fan in the world, and I know this because I got buddies that are Leafs fans. My dad's a Leafs fan. They are very worried heading into tonight because when history says you're not going to win many game sevens, then you're going to be a little bit nervous, especially against a veteran team like Tampa. And then the late game, Edmonton and the Kings. 
Shocked that this one's even gone seven, but Edmonton's at home. They're taking on Jonathan Quick in net for the Kings. They got Mike Smith going for the Oilers. McDavid and Dreisaitl have a ton of pressure on them tonight. They have to get this done. When you've got guys like Paul Bissonnette calling the Kings a glorified AHL team and they're taking you to seven, you better figure out a way to win this game. And so on the Kings side, they need guys like Kopitar to step up. It's going to be a tough environment in Edmonton, but we'll see if they can get it done. Player prop line-wise, we're going to keep an eye on those throughout the day. Might wait a little bit uh, to pick an NHL one, a little bit closer to puck drop. But as of now, no player prop line for the show. Competitive lay of the day. This is our three-teamer that we do every day. Uh, No odds worse than minus 150. Only looking to put out winners on the show. After a couple tough days, we're going to bounce back today on this Saturday. But the first play that we're picking today is Tampa Bay Lightning Moneyline plus 105. History tells me the end result of tonight. No series win since 2004 for the Leafs. Countless game seven losses. Tampa's the veteran team here. Toronto might be the better team, but Tampa's the veteran team. And so I think that they show up and show out and they eliminate the Leafs in Toronto tonight. I'm kind of scared to see if the fans riot if they lose this game tonight. Bruins and Hurricanes, we're going over five and a half. Ranta's been great at home, but I think Boston's going to show up and put a couple past them. While I still believe Carolina's going to win the game outright, I see this being a 4-2-5-2 type scoreline for the Hurricanes. And so I like the over five and a half at minus 110. And then the last one is Cleveland Guardians money line versus the Minnesota Twins. Shane Bieber's going for the Guardians. He's their ace. He got lit up in his last start. I don't see that happening again. And he's taken on Devin Smeltzer for the Twins. And so I just think that this is a great spot for him to pitch seven, eight innings, give them eight or nine Ks, and then Smeltzer won't be able to do enough in order to keep them down. So the odds on that parlay are plus 592. Head over to Bet99 to bet those with promo code SHOOTERS. If you want an alt lay play, this one's usually a little bit juiced, and it is today. Roll with the Dodgers money line at minus 185. If you want to toss that one into your parlay, just give it a little bit of additional value. Then you definitely want to roll with that one. Urias is going on the mound for the Dodgers today, and he's pitched pretty well to start the year. So we've got our NBA. We shouldn't even call it a wrap-up, but we're wrapping up the semifinals uh, in the East and Western Conference. And so I wanted to bring on a special guest here today to break down these series, break down some of the teams that are heading home, maybe what they need to do moving forward. And so I've got the president of the Off the Ball Network, Chris LeBron, joining me this morning. Chris, how are you doing today, man? Hey, man, what's going on, brother? Happy to be on. Definitely. So I'm excited to have you on today. You know, we chatted last night on the Halftime app. We were talking about some playoff action, but now we're talking about Uh, some series that were and some game sevens coming up tomorrow. So I want to start with Philadelphia and Miami because I think a lot of people had Miami winning the series. That series goes to six games. A lot of it heading in was would Joel Embiid even play given that he had some injury issues. He missed the first couple and then he was back. So what did you make of that series? Do you like Miami moving forward? Yeah, I mean, that series was... I thought it'd be a lot closer. I thought uh, we see a better performance from the 76ers, uh, especially with, with uh, James. Uh, James just 
typical James in big game moments, just not showing up. I don't even think he made a bat a bucket in the second half, right? If I if I'm uh, if I remember, he didn't make a bucket, and you just he just he clearly is on the down on the downside, which is kind of crazy how it kind of happened this this quick. His his uh that slope, you know, he he took a, a pretty deep slope down towards with his career, but um. It, once Embiid, it felt like once Embiid got hurt, it was kind of, it was going to be tough for them to recover from that, especially against this team of uh, Miami and how physical they play it and what they can do defensively to try to neutralize Embiid. They made him a jump shooter, kind of, and we've talked about that. Like, you make Embiid a jump shooter or you know, make him, you know, uh, try to make threes on the perimeter, you, you kind of have him where you want him, so... You know, did not a lot of post-ups this series. And Miami just had the perfect game plan. You know, they, they neutralized. Both, they're both guys. And, you know, Maxi was maybe their best player, you know, and he's not ready to be that guy yet. So if that's the case, that, then that's the recipe for success for them. And they, they did everything possible. And just nothing from a lot of, you know, Tobias. <laughs> like Jimmy said at the end, they chose me. They chose him. They chose Tobias over me. That we could talk about that forever. How that never made sense then, still doesn't to this day. But Miami just had the perfect game plan, and and they just ripped the hearts out of the 76ers Sixers. And uh, it, you know, just the perfect game plan. And never count out Miami. Never count out Miami. No, and I think with Philly, once Embiid missed the first two games, I felt like you need to steal one of those games. Like, yes, you can go and win a couple at home, but at some point you have to take a game off their home court. Once they get comfortable at home in a series, then it really is tough to go and steal a game. But if if he plays game one or game two, you maybe take one off of them. And then you go back to Philly and we see a little bit of a different series. But I don't want to take anything away from Miami because like Jimmy's been special this postseason. He's mm-hmm. had they just can go so many guys deep, whether it's Struce or Hero or PJ or Bam. Yeah. Like they have a lot of That's guys. Duncan not even playing. Duncan and Lowry Duncan's is out not for... even playing that yeah, five Duncan. year, ninety million dollar contract. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of the the chatter around this series has to be Philadelphia, and it's because yeah. Philadelphia was a bit of a circus throughout the year because every other day we were hearing about Ben Simmons, and then they make the Ben Simmons trade. And they get him off the books, but they also trade away Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and some picks. Like they gave up a lot in order to get James Harden. And then to not have James show up in the postseason, there's a lot of concerns around this Sixers organization moving forward of what they want to do because Tobias is owed 38 million next year. They're going to have to pay Maxi down the road, and James is going to want this extension. So I mean, the question is, like, what do you think Philly does from here? Like, it sounds like they're rolling with Doc Rivers moving forward. And are they going to extend James? Like, if you're Philadelphia, what what do you do if you're in their spot? They're in a they, – like, I think they're going to – they're in a spot where they kind of – they may be forced to do something that they don't want to do and, and pay James. Uh, it, it's a crazy amount of money. I think he's – he can make, what, what, five for, like, two – 240 it's it's a it's great we're already seeing the decline so now you know you're going to give him four or five year deal that's 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 tough that's tough so they're in a they're going to have to figure out some type of like maybe like a, a shorter deal and just, just give them as much money in just a two three years it's it, they're in tough situation they're in a very tough situation you know so uh i, I don't know i don't know tough situation yeah 
And that's the thing is I look at this Sixers group and I really like Maxi moving forward. I wish that Embiid would play in the playoffs moving forward because it seems to be a theme for him to to miss big games and, and, and miss time in series. So I have concerns around that, but luckily they're going to get out from under Tobias right away here. Um, I think they have to give him the money. And that's what sucks is that like yes, so they're, they're going to be forced to do that. And it's not something they probably want to do, but you know, in order to compete, they might and, have and, to and I don't think he's going to take a shorter deal, unfortunately. So I think he's coming to the table. He knows that he's kind of got them handcuffed a bit here. And by the time you hit the last year of that contract, because from what I read, by the time you hit the last year of this extension that James wants, he's going to be owed like $60 million. Like it's an insane number that he's going to be owed at 37 years old. So, I mean, I don't want them to pay him, but I think they are in that difficult spot. If they can even figure out a way to make it a three-year deal or four at the absolute max, because if he's already showing decline, what's he going to be at at 37? Because that's what he's going to be at by the end of the five-year. If you get him till he's 35, like I can somewhat be okay with, okay, by that point, this is probably when the run would be over anyways. Joel, with his injury history, who knows how long he's going to keep going and playing at a high level. His injuries are piling up and piling up. And I think I've talked to you about this. I've said this. Like I'm worried about his future with his health. Because he's piling up a bunch of injuries. He's obviously missed the first two and a half years of his career. Those things are going to linger. And for big guys, it's a precipitous fall. Like it goes quick. So, like, you know, that fall. So I don't think it's going to happen any like in the next year or so, but it's going to happen. Like, and it, it's they're going to be in a tough spot because they're going to have to pay him again. <laughs> And then you're going to have James Harden, and then you're going to have a bunch of old guys who are broken down. And, you know, you want to pay Maxi eventually. You know, Dybul, you know, is a guy you want to keep around. Who could, You know, he's an all-NBA type defender. They, they, they have a lot of decisions to make. And uh, they might be forced to do some stuff they don't want to do, especially with James, because they traded a lot to get him. You know, they gave up a lot to, you know, to, to, to get him. And, uh, you know, you don't want to just – not get get anything you know in return you just don't want to lose it for nothing so the tough times in philly you know the process you know uh <laughs> they didn't know, they didn't trust it apparently they or they maybe they trusted it, it to a fault yeah um so <laughs> let's head over and talk about that other series that finished last night that was golden state and memphis um i mean obviously memphis they win in six games they now await the winner of that game seven tomorrow between phoenix and and dallas so who do you think is the favorites to come out of the West? Is it Golden State now, or do you think it's still Phoenix if they survive tomorrow? I think Golden State. Um, I, I, I probably trust them more than I would Phoenix or, or, or Dallas. I think Dallas just doesn't wouldn't have enough, but Dallas has just been really gritty and, and tough. You know, the fact that they're going seven with this Suns team, who's who's a they're a better team. The Suns are a, a better team. And they're going seven with with uh, with Luca and company. It's it's a really impressive what Dallas has done, and shows that they're just one piece away from being a legit title. And they they can get to the conference finals without even having that piece, which is kind of crazy. Like they can get there. So I would have Golden State. You know, I 
it felt like at times they were they were they didn't like really push you know push the pedal to the metal against Grizzlies. Like they like they should have won that game last night by 30, 40 points. Yeah. Like the way they got smacked <laughs> the game before in game five, like they should have done that to like they just had so many sloppy turnovers. Like careless, careless turnover. It's one thing to have turnovers, you know, if you're trying to make a play and you just get stripped. But a lot of careless turnovers, like it felt like they were just toying with them. And then we all know that they can turn the switch off and they did it late. I thought it would come after the third quarter. Like they would hit that switch and be like, all right, let's finish them. Took to the fourth quarter midway through to feel like, because it was Memphis was up at one point. And I was like, oh, what? Memphis is going to steal this game and you're going to give them any hope in a game seven. And the Warriors, they put the they, that they, they put it to the to them in the four, late fourth and finally took care of business. But this Warriors team, it, without a lot of their guys clicking right now, like Poole and Steph, they didn't have great. They were awful shooting wise yesterday. You know, Clay finally got back going and all that. Um, but uh, I, I think they're to me the favorites right now coming out of the way. I, the Suns, for some reason, I, I don't know. I don't trust even if they do win. Uh, game seven, I, I have a little bit of a trust thing because CP seems like he's another guy, another one of those stars. It seems like he's it's finally, you know, Father Time is finally maybe hitting because Father Time is undefeated, and, and yeah. it may have finally hit him. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, I think I like the Warriors, you know, going forward. Yeah, I think the thing about Golden State that I like so much about them is that, like Jordan Poole comes off the bench, like. It's crazy that this group is as good as they are. That even like guys like Kaminga have come in and played great minutes for them. And I think Kerr trusts them to play playoff minutes as well, the way that they play. So mm-hmm. Phoenix, I still have concerns of once you get past that like big four, or I guess you throw Crowder in there because he's a starter. But once you get past the starters, I'm like, where where are they getting their production from? Because are they relying on campaign to be that guy? They don't have a lot of creators other than Booker. They don't really have a lot of shot creators, you know. And, and I think their defense is great. And I think that Bridges will cover Curry. We're, we're obviously, who knows if this is actually going to be what ends up happening that Phoenix wins. But if it is Phoenix, you got Bridges that's going to be covering Curry, which is, you know, he he'll be he'll do his job. He'll make things difficult. But mm-hmm. after that, you're going to be forcing guys to to have tough assignments like. You know, Andrew Wiggins has been huge in the comments from Pat. Like, yeah, he has been. And and he's had a great postseason for them. And they could have four or five guys score 20 points in a playoff game. And I don't think Phoenix can match that. Uh, Draymond being there as well, like his his defensive floor general that, that he is, he has so much value to this group. So I think Golden State are the favorites as well. The other team from that series is Memphis. And my question is, does Memphis truly have enough with this current group that they have? Because we know that they're growing. We know that Desmond Bain's going to just keep getting better. Jaron Jackson Jr. will keep getting better. And Jaw will even keep getting better. But can this group actually contend with what they have? Like, is it just they need another year or two to figure it out? Or is it they need to go out and make a move? Because Brandon Clark's given them good minutes. Dylan Brooks did at times when he wasn't getting suspended. And like Steven Adams, he gave them some valuable minutes at center, but it feels like they're missing another piece. I don't know whether it's they need a, uh, another wing guy or what it is, but do you think Memphis needs a little bit more in order to truly contend moving forward? 
I think they do. Uh, it's it's going to be tough for them to try to get that piece because, you know, Dylan Brooks is a solid player, but you can't have him taking 30 shots, you know, even without jaw. Like, that's not – that's not their recipe for them to uh, for success. And, you know, even though he gave them, he made some tough buckets and he made some shot. I think he had like six, seven threes yesterday. And, you know, um, and, and on both sides of the ball, you know, he played all right, but that's not the recipe for them to win ball games. And that's not, you know, Bain was kind of in the first round. He looked like everyone was like, oh my God, Bain might be their, you know, their most important player. And then this series, not so much, kind of, kind of looked little bit overmatched and just wasn't the player he was in in round one um th- that we saw versus uh was Minnesota so they, they got to figure things out Jaron Jackson to me he's you know he's a good obviously a good defensive player he was a, in the running of defensive player of the year but they definitely need to figure out that another guy another wing at least you know to to help jaw out because you just can't rely on John. And that's, he's another guy that we were, I worry about physically, you know, he's always on the floor. And I remember that Minnesota series, like it felt like he was on the floor and like for no reason too, like it was unnecessary reasons why, like it, some things he could have avoided and that's things. And he, he missed what 25 plus games and yeah, they won and they played good in those games. Um, a lot versus bad teams, but they did win some game, games for some good teams, but I don't think that's sustainable. Like you can't just be like, oh, even if we miss Ja, we're gonna because every year is different. You got lucky this year with that. That might not be the case next season if he does miss time, and he might because just his way, his style. I, so I, I think I think a good out. comparison of Memphis is like I look at Phoenix, where like Ja is like their Booker, and Jaron Jackson Jr. I think he's gonna be like I think his peak is what Aiton is right now. Like he's a good defender. He's going to give them some points, but he's not going to consistently give you like 20, 25 a night. And they need to figure out that second guy because I think Jackson's their third guy. I don't know if Bain is that second guy, whether you give him a couple of years. I think he's just going to be an 18, 20 point per game guy moving forward, which is fine. But they need a they need an actual second guy, which is going to be tough because they're now in the situation of no one really wants to go to Memphis. But draft wise then they're going to have to find a gem late in the draft because jaws yeah. so good that they're going to constantly be picking past the 20th pick yeah. and well jaws up for is going to be is up for an extension right and they just paid jaron jackson yeah um, bane eventually in, in a in a year or two is going to want an extension so guys are going to want to get paid eventually so they're going to have to figure things out you know uh, Very everything is we're 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 we're, we're done with the days of, of basketball where like oh you, you have time to to you know trust the process like everything's got to be quick you know you got to do things in a few years you know so yeah i i think that's the thing that i look at with uh <laughs> with this memphis group is yeah they're gonna have to start paying these guys down the road and it's great right now and i think that's what's so great about the nba is that they're only on four or five year deals you look at Sports like hockey, they go on like seven, eight-year deals. So guys are there for a long time. Baseball is longer. NFL is shorter, but also your quarterbacks are there for so long that like Mm -hmm. it kind of keeps you like where you should be for quite a while if you have a franchise guy. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see if Memphis can go out just find a guy that can give you what a Brooks or a Clark will like, like kind of build how Dallas is where. You just have a lot of good guys around Luca. 
And, yeah. and it feels like that's going to have to be the way, especially since they've already paid Jackson Jr. That's going to be tough. But yeah, they could use another shot creator, a guy who can like like a Dinwiddie type, like for Luca, like they have that type of player, like something like that they need because, you know, uh, especially when Ja gets off the floor, you know, you're going to need someone who can create. And they don't have a lot of guys that cr- create their own shot right now. So they can figure things, but they're still in great shape. Um, you know, it would have been fun, great to see how the series would have went if Ja you know, was healthy, but, you know, they went six with the war, a team that's, you know, three-time champions and they, you know, I know people in Memphis are probably disappointed, but there's still some, you know, bright, you could have won that game too. So, you know, some bright spots and, you know, a couple, couple tweaks here and there, and you could be, you know, in the final. So Exactly. So before I let you go, Chris, let's chat about those game sevens that we're going to have coming up tomorrow. Starting with the Bucks and Celtics, I think everyone expected this series to go seven. I was a little bit, well, I shouldn't say concerned because I have the Bucks as a bet, but when the Bucks won game five, I was like, oh, they might close it out in six. And then the Celtics showed up in a big way last night. So now they're going to head back to Boston tomorrow for game seven. Who do you like in game seven to advance between those two? I'm going to take Boston. I, uh, and I could be wrong because the last few games the road team is as uh has been impressive. But um I, I'm gonna ride the, the Tatum wave. I think he uh think he'll have a bit if they do if the big their big three, Tatum, Brown, Smart plays the way they played last game, you know, Tatum had almost 50 and Brown had what 26 and, and Smart had what 20 points. You know, and he doesn't play, you know, doesn't you know uh, fumble it late. Like th- they should take the Giannis looks spent. He looks spent. I haven't seen Giannis look that tired. And I think he looked looking around and like, someone go step up. Like Drew, like someone needs to step up. Like, um, so even if Giannis has a a game like he had last game, I I think if if that big three of Boston does what they do and they're getting 80, 90 points as a trio, it's gonna be tough. At home, got the crowds, gonna be it's gonna be uh it's going to be loud, and I mean, their role players might step up. You know, how Horford didn't even have a good game yesterday. I think he was like one of seven. I mean, he offensively he didn't have a good game, I should say. You know, defensively he did. He, he's done solid, and he had what ten rebounds, ten plus rebounds. Uh, so he was solid in that aspect. But you know, you know, players like that play better on at home, and he's he's bound to hit a couple threes. You know, um, and so uh, I I think Boston. I, I'm going to go with Boston winning this game seven and, uh, and and taking care of business. I mean, yeah, Giannis needs help. That, that That's what it's going to boil down to in game seven. Like, does Giannis get Wesley Matthews or Bobby Portis or Grayson Allen actually hitting shots and Brooke Lopez? Because all those guys were bad yesterday. They, they did nothing. They did nothing. His bench, I mean, their bench hasn't been great all year, but, like, they're going to need something from them in game seven. Like, Compton's going to have to step up. Bobby Portis can't be – you know, one of whatever, two or whatever it was. He only made one or two baskets yesterday. Like, he's got her. They, they need something for to have a chance to, you know, can't just rely on Giannis to just, you know, go f- get 50 for you. You know, and Drew's going to have to play like – And, and 50 might last not year. be enough. 44 yeah. was what Giannis had yesterday, and they still lose the game by double digits. So, Drew finished with 17. He's going to have to have 20-plus in a game seven and be efficient doing efficient. it not his like five efficient. of 22 yeah. that he had no, a number of games of 30. he's got to be efficient because that's why boston won like 
Uh, Jason Tatum was what, 17 of 32 from the field? Like he was efficient. And we've talked about that a lot with Tatum. Like, yeah, he has these big scoring outputs, but it's on 11 of 30 shooting. Like it, he had an efficient yeah. day. He, he was, you know, made some nice passes and all that. And he took over late. Yeah. So uh, that's what we want to see. He, he had a superstar game yesterday. And we talk about how many, we talk about that a lot, especially in the chat, right? Superstar and how that probably gets thrown around way too much now, like superstar. He had a superstar moment yesterday. Like his team needed him, you yeah. know, on, on, the, on the verge of elimination. He put his team on his back and, and had a superstar. Moment. Now you need that one more time. Yeah, because that's the thing. That's what gets lost in the shuffle is if he did, does that in game six and then he lays an egg in game seven at home and loses, it doesn't matter. It doesn't then that's going to be what it's about is that, okay, yeah, you, you won the game that you needed to to survive, but then you couldn't close it out. And that's what exactly. the superstars do is they win that game and then they go and win the next one too. So, exactly. so exactly. I'm rolling with the Bucks, but it's mostly because I got that future bet and I'm obviously hopeful that uh, <laughs> that the Bucks are going to gonna win the title this year. And I mean, Miami's probably hoping to get, I would think they'd be hoping to get Milwaukee because they know they can beat Milwaukee and we don't know how much longer Middleton's going to be out. So I think that's who they're hoping they get because a healthy Boston is going to, either way, you're going to have a dogfight series, I think, between uh, either of those two teams with Miami. But then on the other side, we've got Phoenix and Dallas. Phoenix is minus six. I mean, they just traded blowouts. Phoenix won by 30 plus at home, and then Dallas did the same thing on their home court. So kind of been blowouts, right? That, that yeah. it's like one of those series, like, yeah, it's going seven, but it's like there hasn't really been like a like a nail biter type of no. game. It's just one of those series where like one team blows out and then blow out, blow out, blow out, blah, and it just happens to be going seven. So is this a situation where Phoenix now they go home, take care of business and move on? Or do you think Dallas figures out a way? I mean, to me, the only way Dallas wins this game is they got to hit like 15 plus threes. Like they got to get these other guys going. That's not named Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic. Cause that's been the key to the series. When Dinwiddie, when Finney Smith, when Kleber, like all these other guys are producing, then Dallas plays well and they win. But when you're relying on Luca to score 35, Brunson to score 25, and then no one else is scoring, then you're put in a tough spot. So are you rolling with Phoenix or Dallas for game seven? Ooh, this one I've been going back and forth with like this because uh, all the pressure is on the Suns. All the pressure is on the Suns. The Dallas is just playing with House Molly like they have nothing to. If they lose, it's like, well, they went seven with the, the defending, you know, Western Conference champions with. Luca and just a bunch of guys. But it's going to take, like you said, it's going to take Brunson and Luca to have, you know, to step up and have, you know, Brunson's going to have at least 20 points and, and Luca's going to have a third, have to have 35 plus and maybe like a triple double for them. To, but they need guys like Kleber, you know, to have, because there's one, once there's this times where Kleber just, he shoots that thing and he got, Seven threes, and you're like, and he got 21 points, you know. So they're gonna need that. Maybe if I know Berton hasn't played a lot, but maybe get something from him. They, they're not really, they're you know, they, they're not they're only going like seven deep essentially, like you know. So with with Kleber and, and Dinwiddie off the bench, essentially, those guys are gonna have to play big, you know. They're gonna need something from them, they're gonna need at least 30 together with you know, 25 30 points from those guys, you know, to help Brunson. And company, you know, Finney Smith's gonna have to step up. You know, um, it's it's gonna be tough, but they've shown that they can do it. And like I said, there's no pressure on them. 
So now they could just play their game. There's absolutely zero pressure. All the pressure's on the Suns. All the pressure's on CP and Booker. You know, um, they need to step up. They need Booker, another guy, right? We talk about maybe being a superstar. Booker, this is your game seven chance to get to back to the, the Western Conference Finals. You want to knock, you're knocking on the door of superstardom. What better way to try to get in that door than have a monster game seven and take your team to the Western Conference Finals? So it, it's going to be a battle. That Booker and Luca have been going at each other. Like, you and know, I love um, to see that. I, I'm that, so happy that's to see right? these young we want guys. Those, we want those those rivalries and player rivalries. And, like, these two guys are, like, battling for that next superstar-like. And, and, you know, for Booker, you know, they may have crowned Luka and he, he may have a chip on his shoulder. For Luka, he wants to be able to take this team, you know, by himself and beat, you know, beat the defending, you know, Western Conference champions and maybe end it and, like, their run, you know, because I think if Phoenix loses this, I think there are a lot more trouble going forward than what maybe. I, I think the window closes if they lose this I year. I, agree. I, I, I really believe that once you have to start paying these other guys, Chris Paul is not going to have another season like he did this year. Like, let's face it, he's he's getting up there in age and he's even showing it in his scoring so far this playoffs. Like, I don't think you can justifiably have him moving forward past this year and think that he's going to give you great production and he's also another guy with an injury history i said it two weeks ago on the show that i like dallas to win the series so i'm gonna keep rolling with dallas i can't i can't in my heart just like back down and and say that now that they've gotten to this game seven that they aren't gonna win it i think luca's gonna have a special game i would actually from a betting perspective i'd look at luca Doncic triple double for game seven like 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 like, like, i i think that's like if you're looking for like I would look at Booker 30 plus points and I'd look at Doncic triple double as the two bets for game seven. The point line on it's only 205, which it seems really low because I think they're going to go over this one. They're concerned because of all the blowouts and like one team scores like 115, but then one team scores 85. So I'm going to roll with Dallas in game seven. I'm excited for these game sevens tomorrow. As I said, like this is game seven season. That's why I titled so many game sevens because you got five in the NHL for round one, and then you've got these two yeah, seven man. gamers now. I'm just super excited for it. So, Chris, play, thanks play so much. Playoff sports, man. In <laughs> hockey, like I'm, I'm not the biggest hockey, you know, uh, guy. I'm more of like a casual, but even these playoffs, you know, have been pretty great. And they got the Rangers and, and Penguins going. Going seven, and you know the Rangers are down two nothing every game, so they I'm make it difficult. Shesterkin all playoffs. I need him to close <laughs> out game seven now, Chris. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I need it's, from it's your gonna, Rangers. It's going to be crazy at the Garden Sunday. Uh, it's going to be crazy there, but yeah, it's uh, playoff. Playoff sports is the best, man. I love it. So, Chris, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Where can yes. the folks find your work at home? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, you know, you can find me uh, off the ball pod. It's probably where I'm most active. You can obviously follow me uh, off the ball network, OTB underscore network. Uh, we're, we're doing some new things to the site and we got some new great content coming. So check that out for all the updates. So uh, like I said, there, thanks for having me on. Bro. Definitely. And so we'll be back tomorrow for uh, the Competitive Hedge podcast. Maybe have a hockey guest on tomorrow to break down some of these game sevens and a couple more that we've got coming up tomorrow as well. But we appreciate everyone that tuned into the live show and we'll see you guys tomorrow morning for the Daily Competitive Hedge podcast.